Welcome to the Forensic Cop Podcast. Liverpool 2, Atletico Madrid 3. And uh, 4-2 on aggregate for Atletico. A uh, bit of a depressing uh, game, I guess, for us Copites, but... Uh, you know, it is what it is. These are those kind of games. I would uh, liken it in a lot of ways to the game last year against Barcelona, the first leg, where I thought Liverpool was the better team, but we just didn't get the result. Yeah. Um, I know. I don't I, I, I don't even think we were the better team. I think that we just failed to break them down. We had a few chances, but did we really have any clean chances i wouldn't say that we did so what i would say well i mean i think we're gonna have to agree to disagree on that one so in terms of shots on goal we had 34 to 10 in terms of uh so that's shots at goal shots on goal was 11 to 6 i mean you got to think of the robo one that he hit the crossbar that one should have absolutely gone in would have completely changed the game and then when you think of the two of the goals um again i'm not trying to take shots at adrian i uh I think he is... Maybe you should take shots at him because he, well, he seems to let them in. He, he clearly can't stop them. I think he was shaky. I think what was interesting was the first and second goal for Atletico Madrid were taken from outside the box. Um, and I think you saw Gomez and Van Dijk seem to both kind of back off the shooter and let them have the shot from outside the box. My guess that that would be that that is Allison's preference um, you know I talked uh, last week about uh, Allison being just the best goal in the world and the fact that he has not let a goal in this year from outside the box so I think there's an understanding between Allison and the defenders that if the guy's outside the box and wants to wind up let him have the shot uh, I think that's what they did today but Adrian is just not that quality it's so weird watching Adrian because for each of the goals and even for the one that was disallowed for offside at the end of regular time, um, he, it, he, he just has a weird technique because it looks as if he's stretching full stretch, but he's nowhere near close to saving the ball. And I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. Is it his footwork that's off or is he just trying to dive after the fact knowing that he's been beaten? So I'm, I'm going to try to... Uh be kind and i'm gonna say like i i actually i know exactly what you're talking about it's funny you mentioned it because i actually rewinded it like several times to see because he looks in full stretch but then he looks like he hasn't moved that far right and so what i noticed i think uh again having played net for a while was his his far foot so the one that would start the push um seemed to slide out i think that was more a function of either him not being able to get a good traction with the ground or it just being so wet that his foot slid. But you're talking about one of the goals, right? You're talking about the the, the, the first one. The first goal, yes. Okay. Um, How about the other two? Or the other three, if you include the disallowed one. Uh, again, I'm, I'm just going to go with he is a good backup goalie. Um, he's not at the level of Allison. And what I would say is, you know, in his defense, in Liverpool's defense, I mean, we should have won the game. There's no question about that. We controlled the ball enough. We did well enough. Um, the truth is, if Oblak wasn't in net on the other side, we win that game running away. Yes. So we have a world-class goalie. They have a world-class goalie. If Allison is in net, we win this game. If Oblak isn't in net, 
we win this game. It's just a matter of they had their world-class goalie and we didn't have their world-class goalie. And it's not even a shot at Adrian. He's just not a world-class goalie. And that's why he came to be a backup at Liverpool. Yeah, and, and, and I agree with you there. Um, Oblak is in the top three goalies in the world with eight, with um, Allison. So Allison, Oblak, and any other I, I, would be a top three. But I just don't remember Adrian being that indecisive or incompetent. Incompetent might be a strong word, but at the beginning of the season when he was playing in net, I don't remember him conceding these types of goals if he even conceded that many goals at all. Where So he conceded pretty much every game. So just keep that in mind. While right. Allison was out, we went on quite the incredible streak of winning every single game, but never keeping a clean sheet. So yes, he concedes goals, but I will agree with you, he has looked a lot more shaky um, coming in in the last game against Birdmouth and in this game, he doesn't look steady, in including if you remember the one where the shot came in and instead of just picking it up, he kind of blocked it off to the side and then he had to jump at the ball. That's right. Um, you know, again, that's just, I was kind of surprised that he didn't just grab it. Um, what I would say is Allison has stickier hands than most, where things that like 99% of goalies would punch out, he just grabs. Um, shots that he would put over the net, he just grabs. And and Adrian is seeming to be the opposite now. I don't know if he's lost his mojo. I don't know if he's out of rhythm. But I would agree. He just doesn't look like he did before. And he looks tentative and he looks scared. Yeah, and it's too bad because at the start of the season, when he came in for Allison, he surprised me with his confidence. And it seemed as if he was a perfect fit as as a backup to, to Allison instead of Mignolet. Uh, but now, during this game, I was almost wishing that we had Simo Mignolet in that. Now, now. Let's let's not go there. Um, so I I agree he's not bringing what he brought before. I wonder if maybe the Super Cup, where he made that important stop in the penalty shootout, um, gave him a, a different level of confidence. I wonder if it's rhythm. I mean, look at Fab. He was maybe the best holding midfielder in the world, and then he came back, and he's maybe a first stringer on a bad team like maybe it's rhythm maybe it's confidence i i don't know what it is i would agree with you he's he has not looked good and i don't want to make excuses liverpool should have won liverpool had the chances to win um if either of sadio mane's over the head moonshots hmm. would have landed that would have been beautiful and we would have won if robo had scored that goal with his head at that time i think it would have changed the complexion of the game I think there were just so many chances. Salah had a couple chances to put in the top corner after some nice moves, and he just, you know, hoofed it. Um, didn't miss by much, but missed. So again, if any of those are finished, I don't think we're talking about Adrian. I think we're talking about what a great team we have. So I don't want to put it all on Adrian, but I do feel like Allison would have made the difference in this game, where Oblak made some saves that, frankly, he had no right to be in the area of, and he had no right to stop. So, um, on that note, what did you think of Henderson's performance since he came in for, for Fab? So, I think Henderson played well. I don't think he was maybe up to the standards he's always at. But what I can say is there was a lot more passion in the team. There was a lot more direction in the team. There was a lot more resolve in the team. Um, I assume some of that is down to the fact that they knew if they lose, they're out. But I assume the other part of it is knowing that Hendo was there and Hendo yelling at them and pushing them and all of that, I think that had a big effect. You, yeah, you could definitely see what was being missed uh, in the past few games. 
he he seemed to be everywhere. So he's he's at the top of the midfield, he's at the bottom of the midfield, and he just takes control of every single play. And when he's not in the team, you can definitely see that lacking because nobody else knows to fill that gap that that he 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 um, fills. And the other thing that I will say that nobody else has said and nobody else has commented on is we saw something today that we haven't seen in the games that he was out, which is the referee telling the Liverpool captain, I heard you shut up because he went at that ref um, fairly hard and he made him say, okay, that's enough. I heard you go away. Like, and that's something that's been missing. I'd say the closest we came was Milner in the last game against Bournemouth. But when Virgil van Dijk was a captain, we were absolutely missing that. Uh, van Dijk might be a great defender, but he didn't. He does not have that, you know, um, passion and push to get the ref, um, you know, to really get in the ref's ear and to really push the ref the way he needs to be pushed. Yeah, and, and I thought Milner played very well when he came on. Um, in spite of his obvious deficiencies, so he's not the most skillful player in the world. He's not the quickest anymore. But you could see that he knew time was running out and he wanted to drive the team on. And he went in for every tackle 100%. And he, he tried his best. And um, I just wish that we hadn't run out of steam by the end of the game because w when we needed it most, I, I still had hope at, at the second half of extra time that we would turn it over because we just needed two goals. But um, the players just went into the second half of, of extra time losing focus, committing silly fouls, not making the right final pass. And it was just unfortunate that they couldn't keep their heads when it mattered most. So I wonder, and I'll ask you this, wanting to make a comment on it later. Um, to your point, I think this Liverpool team is generally has a never-say-die attitude. And I think their attitude at the end of this game was a little bit different than that. They seemed frustrated. They seemed angry. Like you said, they were making silly fouls. Do you think that this team is a little bit exhausted? I think they definitely look like they are. I, and I don't know if it's still the hangover from the winter break or whatever you want to call it, or if it's just they've been pushing. It's almost as if they didn't have a summer last, last year. So this is an extension. Which they kind of didn't. Which they kind of didn't, exactly. So it's almost an extension of the previous season, which was nail-biting with Man City. And I think everything just has come to an end right now. So what I would say is kind of one of the, the items that I I saw in the 16th minute, um, there was a, a, a cross coming in um, and not from the side, but kind of a, a deeper pass coming through. And Van Dyke was coming back and kind of motioned to Adrian to come to it and grab it without realizing that there was actually a man behind him. So he had completely lost one of the Atletico Madrid players, he turned around, noticed him because Adrian was not there and pointing to the guy. But I can tell you right now, I have not seen um, Van Dyke lose a player like that or not be aware positionally of where people are. And the guy was, I mean, perfectly positioned to lose, to be lost, but not for a player of Van Dyke's quality. So again, Van Dyke realized it, booted it out, no problem. But just that little thing right there told me something's not right with this guy mentally he's not in the same place he was say at the end of last year or the beginning of this year and you 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 could see that from the previous games too uh the chelsea game the the game against um watford as well even though 
we've talked about Lovren, but Van Dyke didn't have his greatest game in that either. And yeah, the team as a whole just hasn't been gelling. And 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 we can even start with the front three. They haven't really been playing scintillating football together. Um, they almost when they try to 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 play those intricate one twos that that they've been known for, they they always come come short. And it's either they try those those one twos and they over elaborate, or they just take a one on one and they ignore their 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 um, teammates. And or they try their pass and it's just not to the right spot. Right, exactly. Which and, I mean, you saw in Salah's goal in Bournemouth, where it was oh, Mane yes. passed across and it was the just worst. like what what kind of pass is that? I mean, Salah salvaged it, fantastic for him. But I mean, that's not what you would expect from this front three. And I think you're absolutely right. My question for you on the front three is, what did you think of Firmino and who was the guy playing in the middle? Because that did not look like Firmino as far as I'm concerned. Well, it's looked like the Firmino of this season. It doesn't look like the Firmino of previous seasons or even the start of the season because he started the season pretty well. The first three or four games. He might not have been scoring, but I felt like he was in a lot of plays. He was right. facilitating well. And today I think you saw flashes of that. You saw him make some really good, intelligent, cutting passes. But I just kind of felt like he's... I don't know if he's a step slower. I don't know if he's just not the same guy that he was before. I mean, he, he went on a bit of a scoring run there, especially in around the Club World Cup. But his goals are down. And he's he's not facilitating quite the way he used to. And for a team that relies on him that much to facilitate the the front three, um, I think we're seeing right now today what happens when he's just off his game. And I and I and I think that's the issue. I think we rely on him too much for him to not be reliable at all times or at most times. And this loss, as painful as it is right now, I think it'll give Klopp a lot of food for thought as he's been receiving this past month, um, going into the summer, knowing that. We cannot rest on our laurels. We do have to get some more creativity into the midfield, the attacking midfield, as well as shake up the front three. Even, maybe not shake up, but just bring in some competition. Keep them on their toes. Yeah, and, and I think we'll see that. Uh, other things that I noticed in the game, it was absolutely clear from the uh, outset of the game that Atletico Madrid was going to try to employ the same tactic that they used at their at the first leg which was to try every time there was any sort of contact, they went down and they surrounded the referee. Um, I got to say, there were a few calls that maybe I would have liked to see or I didn't like to see, but as an overall, I think this guy did a great job. He was not intimidated by the team, and I give him credit for that. Um, he basically told guys, get away from me when they surrounded him, and he made the calls that he felt that he needed to make. Um, but I think, again, I think Atletico learned about um, what they need to do to win and one of them was to try to do that and today it didn't work as well but uh again that's one of the ways to beat liverpool if uh if you take a look at the uh the article on on the website that i put on the forensiccop.com uh you'll see their fouling and getting liverpool into foul trouble and and making more fouls than you do is a is a guaranteed way to win if you're not doing that then you're not going to win and i think that uh atletico madrid tried to do that today and and kudos to the ref for not doing it, for not falling for it. So I, I like that. Uh, one of the other things that I noticed, and again, I'm I'm gonna it's heresy, and how dare I say it? But there were times where I kind of looked at Gomez, and I actually thought that Gomez was 
a bit more progressive slash creative slash useful. He was a bit more useful than Van Dyke. Um, there was one instance in particular in the 35th minute where they kind of cleared the ball out. Atletico cleared the ball out. Gomez got it, um, was kind of had to run back for it. And Van Dyke kept pointing back to Adrian, telling him to pass it to Adrian. Instead of doing that, he actually passed it right up the middle between right, players and got the play moving again and attacking again. And I felt like there were a few times where I think um, that as much as Van Dyke was saying, let's hurry up, let's move the ball, I felt like Gomez had a bit more of an understanding and creativity in terms of sending the ball up or progressing it forward instead of playing that defensive play. Yeah, I've always wondered because pretty much every play that comes out of the defense or the number six, Van Dyke is always raising his arms saying, pass to this person, pass to me, pass there, pass here. And I wonder if that is a tactic or if he really wants them to listen to him at all times. Because I remember that play specifically that you mentioned, and it seemed as if after Gomez ignored him and passed it through the middle, he kind of gave him a thumbs up or he did, he didn't look angry. He looked like, okay, yeah, perfect. Right. Right. And I, and I'm wondering if that's maybe you're now talking about, um, Gomez, uh, has always acknowledged that he's a little brother mm -hmm. and Van Dyke sees him as a little brother, but it's maybe Gomez coming out of his shell a bit and saying, Hey, you know what? I can make decisions, not just Van Dyke. Right. Um, so again, I think it comes back to, I think Gomez is looking good. I don't see Gomez having the same drop off as Van Dyke, where I think Van Dyke's just not the same player he was. Not that he's not a fantastic defender. But from his lofty standards, I think he's tired where I don't see that in Gomez. And I think Gomez made some smart plays today. And I agree. I think when Gomez is not listening to Van Dyke, we're all kind of in shock. But I didn't find any of those instances where I was like, ooh, he really should have listened. Look at the mistake he made. Do you think that we've overheralded this team? So I think if you look at the numbers, yes. Um as a simple fact, Man City has scored more goals than Liverpool has, even though they're 25 points behind. That's a simple no-brainer. So we're clearly not scoring um, like a team There's that's something as wrong far somewhere. ahead should. Mm -hmm. We've kept far less clean sheets than we did last year. Um, so I think there's a the the record that we have is fantastic, and it's great, and I think we should all celebrate it. But there's a lot of one-goal games. And I think today you see what happens when you don't blow teams out early. And, you know, Liverpool's maybe been a bit lucky or maybe just grinded out wins, but that won't always work. Um, so I do think the wins are covering up a bit of an issue. I don't see this team. I think the end of last year, this team was significantly better than it is now. And I, I would I would hazard to say that they're better than they were kind of most of the year. I think this year they haven't really hit that top gear that they were in last year. And the unbeaten slash win streak in the league has almost served to cover over those those cracks. Not to say that they've fluked their way to the 18 wins in a row, whatever it was, but um, there is definitely some room for improvement and in hindsight, maybe these this this these last three to four weeks will will be a, a blessing. Agreed. I think going forward, um, there's a lot to learn from this. I think that 
Uh, it will inform the decisions that Liverpool make in the summer. There does need to be maybe last summer we didn't bring anyone in, and I think Klopp may be looking at the team now and saying, hey, that might have been a mistake. And so maybe going forward we won't see a summer like we just did where we get nobody and we just assume the team we have is going to be fine. Uh, but I agree with you. I think that the win streak uh, covered up a lot of things. And unfortunately today they all kind of came undone. Giving up three goals to a team, no offense, but as weak as Atletico, should not happen even with a backup goalie. Uh, being able to only score two goals on 30-whatever shots, we had 34 shots in total. You, you can't you can't live that way. And so, yeah, I think this is a learning lesson. Um, I would I would say again, here's my question for you before everybody gets too up in arms and get, everybody gets too upset. I feel like given that we've won so much in the season, people have reset the goalposts. But I would say think of the beginning of the season. And if you told me we would crash out of Champions League in the final 16, but we would win the EPL title running away with it. Would you have been okay with it? Absolutely. So I think we all need to look at that and say, you know what? It might not be ideal. This team is fantastic and we'd love to have one more than just the EPL title, but breaking the 30-year drought is worth a lot. I would have absolutely settled for this at the beginning of the year if I was told this was all we would get. And so I think we celebrate this team. We say this is a game where we maybe had more chances. We should have won, but sometimes games just don't go that way for you. And this happened to be one of those games, and we move on with life. Who's your best player of the match for Liverpool? I'm going to go a little bit off and just say Genie. I think mm. he came in with kind of a madman attitude. He seemed to be all over the place. There were times where I was wondering, like, is this guy kind of a bit out of control in that he was... Uh, he started at the back. He started as the holding midfielder. And then he was in the box a bunch of times. And then he was taking throw-ins. And I'm like, what is this guy doing? But there was that energy about him that I feel was similar to the energy that he had in Barcelona when we played them in the second leg last year. Um, and he got the goal. You know, he did fantastic. So I, I would say it was him. I think he played a great match. Um, he facilitated a lot. He was in a lot of spots. Uh, but I think you could pick a lot of guys because I think a lot of people played well. We just didn't finish. Yeah. Who was your man? I, I would pick Henderson um, just because he came in and he he just slotted right in. So it was as if he, he, he'd never been out of the team. And you could just see immediately the drive that he, that he brings to, to this Liverpool team and this group, group of players. They really look up to him and he takes control and initiative. Yeah, I, I have no problem with Hendo being the, the man of the match either. Um, actually, what's what the last few matches have made me start thinking, and this one too is, oh my God, what happens if we lose him? Because at some point he's going to get too old to play every game. But uh, for right now, I agree. I think there was a backbone in this team that we have been missing for the last two or three weeks. And so I'm, I'm going to give that one to Hendo. So I, I'm oh, very okay with the idea of Hendo being the man of the match for Liverpool. For more stories, analysis, and articles, go to the forensicop.com website.